Okay, well, welcome to the very first ever episode of Yet Another Packers Podcast. My name is Andrew Pullup, and I'm here with my podcasting partner in crime, Evan Massey. How are you, Evan? I'm doing very well. Yeah, I'm doing well too, and it is exciting to get the season started. Um, Want to let everybody know that we're we're pretty well aware that there's a lot of Packers podcasts out there, so we're happy that you're tuning in to listen to us uh, as we kind of grow through this. Uh, you know, I think there's there's a lot that we're gonna unveil, and you know, obviously, I think technically we'll even get any better than this, but uh, we're really happy for anybody tuning in to the inaugural. Um, the inaugural episode, and this is this is kind of like the setting sail of the Titanic, except hopefully it ends up a lot better than that. So excited to be here. So Evan, why don't you tell people about yourself and uh, why they should be excited to hear from you? Well, I mean, outside of just being a diehard Packers fan, I've been involved in sports media for about 12 years now, covering the Packers for probably about all 12 of those. Uh, I actually got my first start as a Packers analyst for Yahoo Sports Contributor Network, and from there, just kept going uh, to the point where I'm at now as the editorial director of ClutchPoints.com. That's really cool, man. I'm very similar, uh, just so everybody knows. So I'm actually, I lived in Detroit most of my life. I live in Missouri now, and so a lot of people are like, how did you become a Packers fan? Um, so when I was a kid, I must have been about five or six, maybe even younger than that. Uh, my dad had uh, a lot of connections uh, through work in Green Bay, and one of his business partners invited him to a Packers game. So he took me along, and um, I showed up. We did tailgating, and uh, I remember we sat in the, the suite on the 50-yard line um, and watched Brett Favre lead a comeback against the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Uh, so like back when Warren Sapp was on the team. And uh, I remember he threw a touchdown pass to Antonio Freeman to win the game. And it was like a comeback victory. And from that moment on, I was hooked. So, um, you know, I've been around sports media for a long time. I was at Bleacher Report, covered the Iowa Hawkeyes for a couple of years at 24-7 sports. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to really sink my teeth into something that I can be passionate about. And uh, that's why uh, I decided to, uh, you know, start writing for uh, Clutch Points about the Packers. And here we are. So, that's a little bit about us. Let's get into this season. Uh, Evan, obviously, it's been a crazy uh, six months, nine months, you know, since uh, Mike McCarthy was fired. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people have thoughts on that. Just to kind of give us a little bit of foundation here, um, you know, what are some of your thoughts on the way that this past year has transpired with Rodgers playing injured last season to McCarthy getting fired and to where we're at now? Well, first of all, starting with Aaron Rodgers. I think we need to take a moment to realize how incredible it was, the numbers he put up on a bad knee. That was a serious injury. You had a lot of the media talking about how Rodgers had a down season. In my opinion, with that kind of injury, it's it's phenomenal numbers. 25 touchdowns, only two picks. Yes, it's not Aaron Rodgers-esque, but it's still a very solid season. As far as McCarthy is concerned, though, I think it was a long time in the making. You know, he, he was very good for us for quite a few years, but I think towards the end of it, he had lost the locker room, it seems. His offense was outdated. He didn't seem to have any willingness to update it, and you could tell there was a lot of player frustration, whether the reports that came out about Rodgers and McCarthy having a miscommunication issue or not. Um, I think it was time to go, even though it, it, it's hard to see a long-tenured coach like that go. Yeah. Obviously, he did a lot for the Packers. Um, it seems like they were clearly one of the best teams in the NFL for for as long as McCarthy was there, uh, from you know to the end of the Brett Favre era to 
uh, Rodgers. Uh, I felt like the, the Packers did everything right when it came to hand, the handling of Favre to Rodgers, and McCarthy was a big reason for that stability in that time period. Uh, I think you're right, though, Evan. Uh, at the end of the day, he just lost the team, and uh, it, it got to a point where you know somebody like myself or even you, I'm sure, could sit there on a on a third and twelve and tell you exactly what was going to happen. And so, if, if somebody like you know, if we could do that, I guarantee you that NFL defensive coordinators were able to do that. And um, that's just part of the problem. You know, it, it just got stale. Uh, so, you know, they had to move on. It made sense. And uh, in comes Matt LaFleur, who did not have any head coaching experience, was kind of uh, a wonderkin, um, you know, associated with Sean McVay, with Kyle Shanahan out in, at, with the 49ers. He was a quarterback's coach uh, for the L.A. Rams under McVay. He was quarterback's coach in Atlanta uh, when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. So he brings in that type of offense to this, uh, this Packers team that really needs a spark. Uh, yet, you know, we don't really have much else to go on besides, you know, that that resume and uh, one year as offensive coordinator in Tennessee. So what are your initial thoughts on LaFleur, uh, starting from when he got hired to where we're at now, uh, two weeks through the preseason? Well, originally, you know, I wasn't expecting LaFleur to be the candidate. You know, you heard a lot about Josh McDaniels. That was kind of the expectation I had. You know, got it worked with Tom Brady and had that kind of pedigree to work with Rodgers and earn that respect. But I'm a big fan of the hiring after seeing how he started his tenure in Green Bay. Uh, the new offense with the Sean McVay coaching tree is awesome. We've needed some sort of a boost. It got stale, as you mentioned. Um, that's not going to be the case with the floor. He's got a lot of interchanging parts. He's got a lot of players to work with. He's got a lot of young talent, athletes. Um, he's working well with Aaron Rodgers, despite all the media bogus reports out there that Aaron Rodgers even said was fake news. Uh, he also has an all-business approach and a new mindset that he brings to the team, which I think is huge. All you hear from the players is that they love him. He started off well. He's got a lot to prove. Um, let's not forget that. He's got a lot to prove coming in after just one year as an offensive coordinator. It wasn't the best year, but seeing what he did with Derrick Henry there brings a lot of enthusiasm with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and even Dexter Williams in the backfield. And the way that he can get the ball out of Rodgers' hands quickly, hopefully take some of that pressure off Rodgers and some of the hits off Rodgers, that's going to be really big moving forward for this offense. And I know a lot of people are a little bit down on uh, this past preseason game against the Ravens. Obviously, the Ravens, even the preseason, take defense very seriously. Rodgers wasn't playing because of a sore back or tight back, as he called it. I will say, though, though everything didn't really come together, you can see glimpses of the offense that LaFleur is trying to run. And that's with uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Tim Boyle, trying to run it. You, you definitely saw some motion. You saw um, a lot of... Uh, a lot of reliance on the running game to set up the pass. And uh, what I like to see was some of those shorter throws. You know, it, it's not the old McCarthy offense of, hey, you know, we need to get four four yards, so let's let's throw a 20-yard post route. Uh, you saw definitely um, some crossing routes and, uh, you know, definitely plays that allowed receivers to get open. Now, Deshaun Kaiser or Boyle couldn't necessarily hit those players, but with a guy like Rodgers, uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic than I think some are in the media that, you know, this will come together. Now, I'd love to see Rodgers play in the preseason to kind of gel. Um, but, you know, it remains to be seen how it's all going to come together. But I do feel good. Um, so let me ask you, Evan, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the offense. But really, 
this Packers defense was kind of revamped with a couple free agent signings uh, in the offseason. Uh, really heavy focus on the draft, you know, with um, Rashawn Gary and Savage taken in the first round. So what are your thoughts on kind of what the Packers did outside of hiring LeFleur, but then going out and spending some money on defense and spending some draft capital on that side of the ball? Sure, yeah. I was a big fan of the Brian Gukus plan this offseason. I love the pickup of Zadarius Smith. You know, he's still got to show consistency. There were some concerns about that in Baltimore, but big-time potential. He's already shown dominance in camp. You see reports coming out everywhere of him just dominating the Texans in that joint practice. He's looked good. Um, Preston Smith is my biggest question mark about the free agency period. He got a lot of money. He's had, you know, he's had a decent career, but I mean, last year, three tackles, four sacks. He's got to prove that he's worth that money. That's a big question mark for me. If he plays to the potential that Green Bay sees in him, he's going to be really good, and the Packers' defense is going to get to the quarterback a lot. But that's the question mark I had there. Adrian Amos, massive addition. The Packers' secondary has just been porous of the last what five to ten years. As long as I've been outside watching. of the Super Bowl run, yeah. Um, Massive pickup. Being able to steal him away from the Bears and have them replace him with Ha Ha Clinton Dix is a pretty sweet feeling. Um, I think every Packers fan will agree that Ha Ha is just a little overrated, even though he is a very good person and did a lot for the community in Green Bay. Um, outside of that, the draft was the draft was interesting. Rashawn Gary only had 9.5 sacks in three years at Michigan. A lot of people didn't see the production they expected. He was extremely extremely um, touted coming out of high school, expected to be the next big thing, next superstar. Kind of fell flat in Michigan, but he's got the body, the athletic ability. He, he reminds me of Jadavian Clowney. Um, if he can get everything together, he's going to be an absolute monster, both on the line and as an edge rusher. Um, and I think uh, Darnell Savage was the steal of the draft. Um, just an absolute talent, fast, instincts, hands. Uh, can cover the wide receiver, can stop the run, can cover a tight end, which Green Bay struggled with for years. I love it. I, I love what they did. And Mike Pettin is just, he's, he's a genius when he has the right players in his system. Yeah. Uh, just look at Pettin's background and what he did, um, you know, with the Jets, I believe, and he was with the Ravens for a little while. So it's really exciting to see what he can do with some actual players. Uh, obviously, the Packers went put a really big premium on athletes and speed. Uh, specifically with Gary, I'm excited too. Uh, I know that there have been some, at least on Packers Twitter, and you don't want to put too much stock into what Twitter says, but there's, <laughs> there's there's definitely been some groaning about, you know, Gary not making enough plays and you know, kind of looking like he's gassed out there. But uh, in my honest opinion, it doesn't matter right now. Uh, he's still probably getting used to the speed of the game, and he's got the raw talent. I mean, you can just see the way that he comes off the edge; it's there. You know, and he's going to figure it out. He's a young player right now. But I'm excited to see what he can do. And then definitely Zadarius. Uh, saw a little bit of him against the Ravens. And there's just so much speed off the edge right now for the Packers. And that's not something we've seen uh, since Clay Matthews was in his prime. So it's been a little bit. So, there was also one other crazy pickup that we didn't talk about, which is offensive lineman Billy Turner. Yeah. I actually think he is a very underrated pickup. You look at Rodgers getting hit at a, you know, like, extremely often. You had to make an upgrade. Turner may not be hyped up a lot. Rodgers has had some good things to say about him, but that's a very solid pickup that went under the radar to most fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they definitely did some work this offseason, so it's exciting to see how it all comes together. Obviously, this is a very new team, new head coach, and a lot of new players, especially on defense. 
So it feels like we're kind of caught up. Uh, we we just basically took a whole off season and condensed it into ten minutes. So uh, let's get really caught up now on the preseason. So the Packers are one and one this preseason. The scores and uh, you know final record doesn't really matter uh, over these four games, but you know it's one of those things where it doesn't matter, but it does matter because you want to see players get involved. You want to see how they progress, especially some of those younger guys. So, uh, Evan, through the first two games here, what have you liked and what's been kind of uh, concerning to you? I think I think with the, the like part of it, you have to talk about the receiving group. I mean, you're looking at guys, you know, who are young, eager to prove themselves. Jake Kumaro, you know, Shepard, Lazard. I mean, even Dexter Williams, not part of that receiving core, but a running back as a third stringer right now, has really been showing some good things to me. I like how the young offensive players are looking. I've liked some of the young defense. We, you talked about Rashawn Gary. May, may look gassed at times. That's to be expected from a rookie playing his first two professional games. Not worried about that at all. Yeah. Um, Kadar Hallman had some good plays. Um, obviously, got a little banged up last game. Tony Brown's been making some waves in training camp. Whether he earns massive playing time, any playing time, that's to be determined. But he's got talent, especially Kevin King can't play with his injury pass you got to be concerned about cornerback depth, and I think that's where those two guys can step up. Uh, Dislex, again, kind of going back to one of the wide receiving core. Jamon Moore, just not looking good. As much as I was high on him last year, and I thought he had a chance to really make something for himself in Green Bay, he can't catch the football. It's been frustrating. He's got a ton of athletic potential, but if you can't catch the football, your future is not very bright. Um, obviously, the concerns with Rodgers and his back, um, it doesn't sound serious, but you just never know. You don't want to see your star quarterback get scratched an hour before the game. It's just it's a little concerning, um, but I wouldn't panic just yet. And and the backup quarterback situation has been very concerning. Deshaun Kaiser showed, showed some good things against the Texans, but uh, this past week against the Ravens did not look great. Same with Boyle. Um, there's a lot of work to be done there. you got to find that guy that if Rodgers does go down, we're not going to have strip sacks, interceptions, return for touchdowns by Khalil Mack right. in his first drive. Um, outside of that, though, it's been it's been an interesting preseason. I see a lot of talent. I see a lot of athletes, a lot of quickness, a lot of speed. Like you said, we haven't had that in years. I'm I'm definitely optimistic about this team. It's just two games in, and I'm excited to see what the next two hold. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm kind of the mindset. If Rodgers goes down uh, for any significant amount of time, it doesn't matter who the backup is. Um, you know, you might as well just tank at that point and try to get the quarterback from Clemson with the number one draft pick. Um, Unless you can re-sign Matt Flynn for one more run. Yeah, Matt Flynn, good old Flinny. Uh, let's hope it, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't get to that. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that backup position right now is pretty messy. I don't think the answer is on this team. In fact, I was listening to uh, Bill Michaels up in uh, you know famed Wisconsin broadcaster. He was actually saying that he's heard that right now internally the Packers don't believe that the backup for this season is on the team uh, between Kaiser and uh, Boyle. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that shakes out. We're going to talk a little bit more about the wide receivers. Um, and honestly, I think it's actually a really good time to get into that. So um, I'd love to really focus on that position a little bit, just, you know, in, in the time that we have today. Uh, I, you know, I think next week maybe we can look at the defense a little bit more in depth and, and get into that. But the wideout position has really been one of the stories of this this camp, they're really deep. Uh, you know, we're looking at eight, nine names right now, and everything I've heard is 
at the end of the day, once that 53-man roster is out, we're probably going to see six at the most seven. So let's start at the top. Earlier this offseason, Rodgers was pretty clear that he thinks Devontae Adams is a top three receiver in this league. So that would put him right there with, uh, what, uh, Julio Jones and, um, you know, Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, there's a couple others, DeAndre Hopkins with the Texans. How good is Devontae Adams, Evan? Uh, are we looking at a, a top three, top five guy? Personally, I haven't ranked top five. I haven't ranked at number five. Um, ahead of him, you have to put Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., simply from a talent perspective, especially going into a season with a higher-powered offense yeah. and a young star quarterback. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins. After that, I don't see anybody else. Uh, Devontae Adams, in my opinion, is the number five receiver in the NFL right now. Yeah. I, I really don't have any argument for that. Uh, he's clearly come a long way uh, since he started. Um, coming out of Fresno State, I believe, was it, uh, when he was drafted? Um, either way. Sounds correct. Yeah. Either way, man. I mean, that first year or two, that was rough. It was like watching Jamon Moore. <laughs> um, but uh, just you know, seeing how he's come together, and uh, he's clearly one of the top wide receivers in the league. I, I, I don't care, honestly, if he's top three, top five, top ten. What I know is that Green Bay needs him to play um, in a big way and, you know, get one touchdown every game or, or, you know, a bunch of big plays every game. He's definitely the guy. We've seen, you know, at least from what I've seen coming out of camp, him and Rodgers still have that connection. So it will be really cool to see that continue. Uh, Really the big questions, I think, are what happens after Adams. Obviously, we've got the young wideouts, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, uh, Moore, who we mentioned, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but he he was a guy that they you know put some draft capital capital in. Uh, Geronimo Allison, Jake Kumaro. Uh I want to focus on MVS because there's been a lot of talk about him kind of taking that next step, and you know he's tall, he's athletic, he's fast. In fact, Rogers said recently that he he can't even he can't even clock him right now in terms of being able to to get a good pass off to him because he's just that fast. So what are your thoughts on MVS? Do you think he's ready to take the next step or is it all hype right now? I'm a huge fan of MVS. I think he's got star potential. He's been working out with Randy Moss this offseason. He has that hunger from a young player to be something special. He's got the talent to back it up. And that kind of passion usually translates into success, especially with the speed, size, and athleticism that he has. Yes, he absolutely can take the next step. Yes, he absolutely will take the next step. In fact, I actually see him being a 1,000-yard receiver this year. Wow. That is, uh, that's no joke. That would be huge. And, you know, you hope that Adams can get above that or close to that. And it's been a while since we've had 2,000-yard receivers in uh, Green Bay. So that'd be big. I, I, I'm a little bit cautious because we did see glimpses, uh, saw him kind of take a step back at a point last year. Granted, I think last season is just such an anomaly in terms of just how trash it was at the end of the day. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. Uh, obviously, you know, he's got the speed. He's got the length. I think Rodgers and, and him will figure it out. And uh, all he has to do is get open. And we know that Rodgers can get him the ball. A guy that I'm really high on, I, I wrote about this past week for uh, Clutch Points, is uh, Geronimo Allison. Uh, I honestly think we're going to see a breakout year from him. He, he had a pretty good year last season before he got hurt. Rodgers obviously trusts him. He runs good routes. Uh, he's got good hands. And what we've been hearing coming out of Green Bay is that 
the Packers want to use him as a slot receiver, and I, I think that's such a good idea. I mean, he's he's bigger and faster than you know any safeties that try to, to cover him over the middle. He's going to be able to outrun and um, you know out scheme in terms of uh, route running any linebackers. Um, so I think he's going to be a really big uh, option for Rodgers up the middle. And we saw a little bit this past game uh, that Kaiser went to him a few times. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on Jake Kumro, Evan. Uh, obviously, he's kind of that, that hype player right now that we seem to come across every year in camp. He was hyped last year before he got injured. He looks really good to me. What do you think? Uh, he looks really good to everybody. Of course, it is preseason training camp. Um, he's looked good. He looked good last year. Um, he's definitely been developing 6'4". 6'4", big body. He's athletic. Decent speed, not top-notch, but you know, solid speed. His route running, in my opinion, is what gets him, what gets him paid. Yeah. Um, he's an extremely good route runner, whether it's deep, whether it's short, whether it's cross the middle, whether it's out. Anything that you throw his way, he will create separation. Now, the question with him is consistency. Um, he has had some issues in the past with consistency. His hands are solid, um, but the question is, playing against, you know, second team and against second team in the preseason or in training camp, can he do that against elite quarterbacks, starters in the NFL? Uh, I think we'll see because I believe he's very high on him. I think he talked about that a couple of days ago after practice. He's very high on Jake Kubrow. I don't think the hype necessarily is accurate. I think um, I see some people talking starting. I've seen some people even mentioning Pro Bowl. It's a little bit ridiculous. Let's <laughs> calm down with the hype a little bit. But he does have the ability to be a number four, possibly number five receiver in some playing time this year. Yeah. I don't need him to be a pro bowler. I'd love just, you know, if he's a guy who can move the chains a few times a game and keep the Packers on the field. Uh, like you mentioned, Rodgers likes him, he trusts him, and he knows how to get open. So if we're looking at a, a third and seven and need to pick up eight, you know, he's a guy that I can see playing a big role there. I, I definitely, if he's a pro bowler, Awesome, but I don't think the Packers need that in order to succeed this season. Um, if he's a pro bowler, Green Bay's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, seriously, because uh, especially with how good you feel about MVS, that'll be Adams, that'll be three top receivers with Aaron Rodgers throwing them football. Let's uh, let's take a look real quick at the bubble uh, at this wide receiver, uh, or you know, in terms of this wide receiver group. Um, so we're very confident, obviously, in Adams. Valdez Scantling, Geronimo, Allison. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown is going to make the team. He hasn't really had a, a loud camp, but you know they, they like him. He showed some. He showed some uh, something last season. I think Kumro is going to make the team. Uh, that leaves us with a, a group of Trevor Davis, Alan Lazard out of Iowa State, Jamon Moore, who we mentioned earlier, uh, Malik Taylor, who I don't think is making it, Teal Redding, and then Darius Shepard, who. You know, has really you know two touchdowns this preseason. Had a really good game on special teams against the Ravens. So we're looking at you know six, maybe seven spots. How do you think it's going to shake out here with these last couple receivers? Well, let me start out by saying Darius Shepard should make the roster. Whether he does or not is still up in the air, but he should. He's shown me enough. I like him. He's a little undersized. Um, I read a pretty good column about him recently. I think it might have been from you. Yeah. Um, and I think I think he nailed it. He's, he should make the roster, and he's making a case why, and he's doing it consistently so far through the first two games. Uh, Jamon Moore, I, I can't I can't put him on on the roster. Just he can't catch the football. Like I said earlier, you can't catch the football. Your future isn't very bright in the NFL. I like Alan Lazard. 
six foot five, I believe he is. He's a big target. He can leap out the gym. But again, if you're only taking six, possibly seven receivers, you know you're looking at the guys you mentioned that are locks to make the team. You had in Darius Shepard, and you're probably there. Yeah. Um, I think I would love to see him on the practice squad. I would absolutely love to see him around, but I don't think he makes the final cut. I think Darius Shepard earns that final spot. Okay. So you're thinking the Packers will go with six? I do. Okay. Yeah, and that allows them to take four, uh, four tight ends. Um, you know, which would be uh, obviously uh, Jimmy Graham and uh, Tanyan. Um, those two are are kind of your one and two uh, with uh, the Sternberger from Texas A and M. And who am I forgetting? Uh, Mercedes Lewis. So that'd be your yeah. four there. And then obviously, you know, from what we've heard, uh, they want to be pretty heavy uh, at fullback. Believe it or not. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I would have to agree with you. I think at the end of the day, we're looking at a depth chart of Adams at one, uh, Valdez, Scantling, two, Allison, three, Kumaro, four, and then, you know, five and six would be EQ, and then Jamon, or excuse me, not Jamon Moore, EQ and Darius Shepard. Uh, if Shepard has one more good game where he can either catch a couple passes or show a little bit more on special teams, I think he's going to be a lot to make this team, especially if Trevor Davis is – um, you know, potentially the only person who could beat him out there. Uh, Davis really is his biggest thing right now is special teams. So if Shepard can can show that he can get the Packers in good yardage, I, I don't think Davis is making his team. He doesn't show enough uh, as a wide receiver. Uh, and then that would that would leave Davis and Moore off. And, you know, we'll see what we can do with Lazard. Any other thoughts on the wide receiver group and, you know, how you see it shaking out in the next week or two? I do think... Uh, EQ might make a run at a little bit more playing time, maybe a little bit move up the depth chart over Jake Kumaro. I love Kumaro, but I think EQ has bigger potential. He's a bigger body. He showed a lot last year in limited time, making some good catches, especially on um, sideline catches. You know, he, he showed that Jordy Nelson style of play. Obviously, you can't compare the two yet. Um, I actually think EQ is going to be a big part of the offense. Yeah, that, that'd be great. And then we're talking about really a very deep, wide receiver group if we're if we're going down to number five and saying okay uh you know number four or five if that's kumaro or eq or whoever however it shakes out if they're going to be contributors and then you have a guy like Shepard who can play special teams and return punts and kicks that's a really exciting group and then throw in the fact that aaron Rodgers is throwing them the ball aaron jones and jamal williams are, are running and we've got you know really an offensive focused head coach there's a lot to be excited about in terms of the offense if all this clicks together so um want to want to kind of wrap it up here uh, as we kind of get our feet wet on the first episode uh as i mentioned uh you know we, we've got a lot that we're going to bring to the table and there's a lot of packers podcasts out there so it's really cool that you know whoever is tuning in right now we're really happy to have you and hopefully we can you know exceed any expectations you have and improve every week much like uh, a team would do in the preseason. So that's kind of my segue here, Evan, is what are you looking for in game number three? Uh, the Packers are going to be going up to Canada to uh, play the Oakland Raiders, who are on hard knocks. Obviously, they've been dealing with Antonio Brown all offseason, John Gruden, that head coach. Um, what do you want to see out of Green Bay in terms of any any progress or players that, that you're really keeping an eye out on? Well, first of all, I think you want to see Rodgers get his feet wet. Yeah. Uh, we got to see him a little bit in the preseason get acclimated to LaFleur's new offense. The dynamic between those two has been talked about so much that if he can play in game three, 
and have a big performance in the limited time that you see, maybe some of those critics start changing their mind. I think that would be awesome to see heading into the season. Um, I think you're, you're looking for a better performance from Deshaun Kaiser. You know, I, like you mentioned earlier, we may not have the backup quarterback on the roster, but, in, you know, you're looking at a guy in Kaiser who, when he was drafted, there was big potential. A lot of people thought big potential in him, and he just has not shown it yet. Uh, like I said, week one of the preseason, he looks solid, but he's got to really have a good week three game here to prove that he can be the backup. If he doesn't, then you're looking at outside options. I want to see Kumaro and Shepard produce at a high level. I want to see Aaron Jones and Jamal Axon, uh, Jamal Williams get in some action, uh, assuming they're healthy and ready to go. Uh, defensively, let's see some Rashawn Gary. Let's let him run. Let's, let's let him try to get to the quarterback. Um, Ty Summers is a guy to keep an eye on. Obviously, with Owen Burks getting hurt, he's a guy that may see some really early playing time in key situations. And I think Tony Brown's a guy to watch as well. You know, you're looking at that quarterback that depth. Rogers just talked about him this week as being one of the two biggest surprises in camp. A lot of fans should be excited to watch him play as well. Yeah. Tony Brown can end up playing a really big role on this team, especially if Kevin King can't get healthy. And uh, hopefully, you know, my big thing is I'd love to see Kevin King actually make an improvement or at least get on the practice field this week. Uh, I don't know where he's at. We'll have to do some digging on that. Um, but I'm kind of right there with you, Evan. I, I want to see these starters play. Uh, you know, I want to see Rodgers out there. I don't think this back injury is anything. I think it was just an excuse for him not to play. Um, but I'd love to see the starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, whoever's healthy or whoever's not necessarily a, uh, a re-injury risk, I- I'd love to see him play for a half, and let's start let's start getting a rhythm to where uh, they can go into Chicago on that Thursday night game and, and feel like they're comfortable. Because right now, from what I've seen from this team, they're, they're certainly not ready to play the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. So, um, you know, these next two weeks – even though it's still preseason, uh, these next two weeks are going to be really important. So that's kind of my final thought there. Uh, yeah, Evan, what else you got to say, man? Well, I just want to say thank you to anyone who tunes into this. Obviously, we're brand new. We're excited. We're big-time Packer fans. Yep. We have a decent amount of knowledge, I would hope. Hopefully, people agree with us. If not, that's totally fine. I'm excited about this new season. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, that's right. Give us a follow on Twitter. Um it would be uh, the at Packers underscore podcast, and and we'll throw that out. We'll throw this out on Twitter. So if you find us there, thanks for following. Um, and however you found us, thanks so much. So we will come back with you guys after this next uh, preseason game with another recap. Probably talk a little bit more about the defense. And uh, yeah, so thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.